again, Dwayne Drummond here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you, sir. Hey, Dwayne, great to be with you as well. I'm excited to be on the line with you, and I'm looking on Facebook to make sure that we're up and live because we had a little bit of a technical glitch, and there we are, ready to go. Right. Awesome. Very, very Your cool. Your pretty face is there, right? <laughs> yep, and look, we, we're, we kind of almost have complementary colors on today, we, and we didn't coordinate. We're a blue. All we need is a little bit of white, and we've got the red, white, and blue going. Well, this is our uh, our, t- our, our long sleeve shirt for uh, this year. I don't know if you can kind of see it. Oh, nice. Move around. Yeah. Crawl, walk, run, fly. I love it. Awesome. How do they yeah, sell for so. you? You sell you sell a lot. Uh, the long sleeve shirts, not like the t shirts. No, because the t shirts you can wear. We sold, I think, almost three hundred t shirts this year. Yeah. Um, for the summer because you can wear them, you know, in the summer rather than wearing your karate top. Right. But um, we sold, I, I want to say, like 48, 50 of right. pre-sale. And then I bought mm-hmm. extra so that we can, um, you know, we can sell them this month and next month for Christmas items. Yeah, And I've already had, I think I've already uh, sold at least 10 um, at the full price. Which is right. kind of weird because they they could have got it for twenty five bucks, but now they paid twenty nine ninety nine plus tax. Yeah, and fortunately for me, and and of course it's probably most probably, and, and you know if I say this, it's probably I, I have no idea if it's true, but um, you know maybe accidentally my teacher did that, and originally it was a staple of our uniform. We had to wear a specific dojo t-shirt and, and, you know, he was in the Marines and, you know, they had specific uniforms. So he made his martial art uniform very similar. So, you know, we had to wear, uh, you know, our pants. So we had to have black shorts under our pants with a groin protector for guys. We had to have a t-shirt with one specific logo. Um, it couldn't be another variety. Like you couldn't wear that shirt under your gi. It had to be the logoed school uniform shirt. So we've been doing that for years, and I have, you know, um, you know, people have to get them. It's part of the staple of our, our, our you know, um, uniform policy. So T-shirts always are, you know, being being sold for me, and that, you know, that's something right. that, um, you know, we we always have them. Some people, I had a the dad who was being a real jerk, and he's no longer with us, but he said, oh, this is just a money grab for you. The only reason why you want T-shirts is so, you know, you you have uh, sales. And I'm like, no, I want everyone to be in their uniform. You could buy one, or you could buy, you know, twenty. It's up to you. But we give you the first one for free everything else is up to you you know and uh but we want to have that staple product but um anyway so um that's cool though i like your design i like the whole saying on it thank you yeah cool so today's call what do you want to introduce it and let people know what what it's all about well yeah so basically uh we're talking about the non-sexy topic of stats <laughs> and right. um but how important they really are to your business and the ability to be able to use those stats to forecast some cash into your business um, and, yeah. and knowing what your numbers are. And so I guess probably what we want to do is maybe give an overview of uh, the stats that are the most important to keep, um, mm-hmm. like bare minimum, you know, what, what right. I mean, and then maybe, then, then maybe after that, like in addition to these stats, you should work your way okay. into that. And I don't want to assume that people are already keeping stats. So what I don't want to do is I don't think we should give them uh, the, the, the 50 stats that they should keep right. Um, right off the bat. I think we should talk about the core statistics, and then after they get those core ones done, other ones they can branch off yeah. into. And, and, and if the I importance may- of it. If, if I may go into an introduction um, of why stats are so important real quickly. So – when I coach, of, of course, and, and when I meet school owners, you know, our bragging rights are normally, hey, how, how's your school doing? And rather than people going, hey, it, my school's awesome, they go, uh, 275 students. You know, like they want to give you statistical numbers of how many, bragging rights. And they, there's that old saying is, you know, how to make a liar out of a martial arts school owner, ask them how many students you have or, um, you know, uh, things like that. But really the most important thing is to understand that, um, you know, for me, the lifeblood of my school was knowing my numbers, right? And and some basic numbers, which we'll go over. But for people to, if they're listening in, this is probably one of the most important conversations you'll ever have. Because, you know, if you were in the stock market, you would analyze stocks, how they go up and go down, um, you know, how much money you made that day, how much money you lost that day. 
Um, however, most school owners don't take the time to do that. And by the way, granted, that might not be their forte. Numbers are hard for people sometimes, and, and they're not always the greatest for me either. In fact, I was going over all my numbers the other day while talking to my daughter on Skype um, while she's away at college, and I was sharing my screen with her to show her what I do, and she's like, I, my head hurts already. I can't do this. You know, like, it, it's just mind-boggling at times because, you know, how many people joined? How many people quit? You know, how many people are we up for the year? How many people are we up compared to last year? Or are we down compared to last year? And all these numbers make a big difference. And it's about forecasting, right? And you just said that, you know, how do we know what, what money we could be making in the future or what, we, what we're losing right now? And many people are living in an illusion sometimes. They, you know, they don't know exactly what their numbers are. And in fact, I have a few clients that I, I talk to all the time and it's been years and they still can't figure out how many students they have, how much they're making, what their expenses are, the three most important things. So it's interesting. So I just wanted to make that as a preference to the, you know, a precursor to what we're talking about because it's probably the most important conversation we could ever have in a business. Well, it is, but, you know, that's not why we got in the business of teaching martial arts. It was right. not so that we could run numbers. And um, <laughs> so I think we need to, to, you know, address that situation right now that, you know, if you're running this as a hobby um, and, and, and not as a professional school, and I don't use the word professional school to say that, you know, your hobby isn't, um, worthy or that your hobby isn't quote-unquote professional. I guess what I mean is taking that business to, you know, the proverbial next level, uh, you right. know, taking it to the next level, keeping those stats and statistics are going to be vitally important, um, uh, you know, for you. So Now, with that being said, um, some of us don't want to do it because, you know, that's not the reason we got into the business to do. The other ones don't really want the reality, right? We don't want the reality of, of the fact that we're doing bad. When right. in all actuality, we could be doing good. You know, the other thing, too, the other misnomer is, you know, I have less students, you know, this month than I did last month, so therefore I'm making less money. And right. that's not necessarily the case because – you could have grandfathered somebody in for 80 bucks a month and you lost them. Uh, you lost two of them, right? But you, uh, gained, uh, you know. Yeah, one. One, one person at $169 and now you're even down, or actually you're, right. uh, uh, nine, nine bucks over. And right. so there are, the thing that's nice about the statistics is when done correctly, they don't lie. Right. And, you're faced with black and white how your business is actually doing. And then once you have that barometer, once you have that dashboard, then you can go into that dashboard and decide, okay, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What, and the things that are wrong, okay, do I need to change the oil? Or is it the spark plugs that need to be changed? Or right. is it the, you know, I, Whatever it is, right? Okay, I'm not even a mechanic. So yeah, but, but what I, you're saying, I barely can read my dashboard. Yeah, but what you're saying, though, is very true. Like, it's, it's like you could be looking at, and your analogy is actually perfect. You could be looking at an engine, and the car doesn't start. And, you know, now there's like 20,000 moving parts within the car, right? So you can't just say, oh, it's the whatever. I mean, there are some common things that may be the thing that you look at first, but you have to go through this checkpoint to eliminate what's what's going wrong or what might be working and what's not so that you could finally get to the point where you know what's wrong with the engine, right? And that's what most people don't do within their business, and, and they don't take the time to look at those numbers. Like, for example, I always say to those people, like, how's your school doing? Oh, my school's great. If I only could get more students, right? You and I hear that all the time. Every martial arts school owner, how can I get more students? Well, that's a great question, but how do you keep the students you have? Because if, you get, if you're still losing 50% of the people that join and you're getting, you know, I don't know, let's say a 10, 10 a month, um, in, in a few months, you're only going to have five of them left, and it's this revolving door. So if you could learn to tweak your numbers up on retention while also tweaking your numbers up on selling or signing people up, now you're going to grow unilaterally, and that's very, very important. So it's about looking at the actual numbers because sometimes people are just looking to grow their school by new students, and they don't look at the, out, the outset or the back door. Make sense? Well, it does. Maybe we should get into some actual numbers uh, for right. people to – okay, so – 
at bare minimum, you should be keeping track of how many people you sign up and how many people quit, right? I mean, those right. two have to be the bare minimum that you at, at least uh, keep. Right. Um, but I would say even on top of that, the individuals that you're losing, you need to also keep track of the monthly revenue that they were paying. So meaning if they were uh, paying you 100 bucks a month, you lost that 100 bucks a month right. for that one person that quit that month. And then the the other person that you gain that month, maybe your prices are up higher now and they're they're right twenty nine. So so that person's at one twenty nine. So at the end of that month, yes, you're even. You gained one, you lost one, but you're also you know twenty dollars up or twenty nine, whatever I said, you know that difference up per month. So at bare yeah. minimum, how many people that you sign up, how many people that quit, and then the dollar amounts that go with them, yeah, um, is vitally important. Hey, let me add to that. I, I have a client that we've been doing just about five years of coaching. When we started, um, if he listens to this, he'll know it's him. But when we started, we were probably at like 130 students, right? Um, but his billing was about maybe 70000 a year. Now, five years later, um, he's at about 128 students, right? Now, you would think as a coach, that's not really that great. Um, but, but his financials are at about a quarter million a year. So he grew very small when it comes to student counts, but he's maintained this high level of quality, and he's changed everything about the way he does business, his retail, his upgrade process, his chart. I mean, he had people that they were paying $40, 50 $60 a month, and, you know, family discounts and all this crazy stuff that brought his bottom line down. So we said, hey, listen, let's just do this, and he did, and it turned out to be a godsend. Now – once we start building enrollment now, hire even more and push for that, um, he's going to make tremendous amounts of money, right, with, with a small amount of students. So it's interesting. It, it depends on the model that you want to have. Do you want to have thousands of students and be going crazy every day, or do you want to have a good amount of students and make a really good living so you could focus on the quality of service, kind of like the Ferrari Lamborghini model? They don't make um, 250,000 of them a year. They only make 100 of them, but they sell them for like a million bucks a pop. So, you know, it really all depends on your model. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the mass-produced Kia or the or the Ferrari? It, it's your choice, though. Right. So let's branch out from those statistics, and let's start with, um, you know, the, the enrollment. So obviously we said enrollment cancelization. We want to do that. But backing up prior to enrollment, uh, we need to – identify how many people actually came in to do a trial. Yeah. Backing up from that, how many people made an appointment. Right. Backing up from that, how many inquiries were actually made. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to go inquiry to uh, appointment made to uh, actual on trial to enrollments. So those would be the next level um, to move to. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you know what's scary is that you and I are starting to think so much alike. So I was about to say before you went into this, well, we should go back and talk about that because that is probably the most important process, right? When it comes to new enrollments, let's start at the beginning, right? And you mentioned it, like how many people call you or inquire, right, The, the or suspects, right, prospects who you set up maybe with a, a class and then trial classes who show up. Because um, in the industry now, from what I'm hearing around the globe, is people get a lot of appointments, just not as many people are actually showing up and committed to an appointment. I don't know if that has anything to do with the ease of the Internet of just popping your email in and saying, I'll be there, and not really having any real set appointment um, f- feeling of urgency to show up, like you have to go to a doctor or they're going to charge you 25 bucks or something like that. Um, you know, and then getting them to do the class, who you sign up and, and how many, how many enroll, right? Like, so that, that, those numbers are staggering. It's very, very important. Well, and it's one thing to, okay, so it's one thing then to actually start keeping those things. So how many inquiries do I get? How many of those uh, make an appointment? How many actually show up and, and do the trial? And then how many sign up? That's important. Um, but just knowing those numbers aren't good enough. And so what you, what you then need to do is uh, enter in percentages into those numbers. So standards for those specific numbers. So out of um, the inquiries that you make, you should have at least 90% of them make an appointment. 
All right. right. And then those that make an appointment, 80% of them should show up to that appointment. And out of those that show up to the appointment and do the trial, because those are synonymous, they show up to the appointment and do the trial, they could be separate, but I don't break them out separate uh, in my stats because I've never not had anybody show up for the appointment and not do the trial. Right. If that was ever the case, I would separate the two, but I have never have not had that. Um, mm -hmm. So now, then you need the percentage of individuals that came to the appointment and are on trial to sign up. And this is a bare minimum number, but 50% of the people that do a trial with you should sign up. And so it's not enough to know the numbers, per se, but it's also important to know the benchmarks or the percentages that you should be hitting on those numbers. And then that would allow you to go back to the dashboard and see, okay, I have these numbers here. These are my percentages. And so uh, how am I doing compared to that? Because then you can right. go into and, – and, and, and this isn't what necessarily – I guess the call is this, is knowing that only 50% of the people that inquire about me make an appointment, boy, we really need to work on that funnel. We need to work on, on that system, uh, whatever it is, whether it's you're using digital online uh, scheduling to make appointments or you're using the phone or a combination of the two, whatever it is, you need to go back and, and, and investigate, um, you know, that area. Or maybe you have 90%, right? Um, but you only have 50% of those 90% show up to do the actual trial. Um, then you need to dissect those things and see what the problems are in those areas. And then obviously, if you, let's say, uh, you only get 25% of the people that show up to actually sign up. Uh, there's something wrong with your floor. There's something wrong with the sign-up process um, or the individuals that are doing any of those things. And so uh, I, I bring those to our attention because that's that's the, the part where, you know, we said that we're going to turn boring numbers uh, into exciting cash for your business because knowing the numbers is just not enough knowing the numbers and the percentages or the benchmarks that you need to hit then allows you to get excited about, oh, man, this area is crappy. How do I make it better? Because now you can be excited about actually making some more cash for your business. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I want to reiterate and point out exactly what you said just so I can say it differently and people might hear it a little bit differently too. So I think that everything you said is so on point, and here's the reason why, is that we could be caught in the hamster wheel, the proverbial hamster wheel, doing what we do and, and maybe even be really good at what we do. In other words, we know how to market. We know how to do Facebook marketing. We know how to do whatever, and we get the phone to ring. We're, we're kind of good at, at what we do and get the people to, to sign up for an appointment. And, you know, they, they show up, and then, you know, 40 to 30, 40%, maybe 25 to 30% sign up. So we could then accept the facts, and then normally people go, hey, listen, I, um, I need to get more people through the door. Because, look, if I, let's just do simple numbers. If I have 10 people call me, I set up eight appointments. Out of the eight appointments, six of them show, and I sign up 50% of the six, I would sign up three members. Just let's do even numbers, right? So I go, okay, that's really good. I mean, it's not great, but, but at least I did. So 10 calls, three new members, right? Um, all I need to do is get 20 people, and I'll get six new members, 30 people, and I'll get nine new members, et cetera, et cetera. Or you could do like people do when they're in a laboratory trying to make the cure for a disease. They, they take a little of this, and they test it, and then they take a little of that, and they test it, and they see whether the results go forward or go backwards, right, until they find the perfect concoction or mixture to make it really, really work so that it, you eat it and you're healed, right? You're, you're, it's, it gets rid of the disease or the cough or the cold or whatever. So what is the disease that plagues our schools? And sometimes we settle and go like, you know, that's okay. I'm happy with three. I just need more, right? And, and we need to change that dynamic. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah. So when we, our, our trial uh, used to be where you would do uh, two introductory lessons it was a 30-minute consultation and two introductory lessons, and then I'd sign you up. And I personally did the consultation. I did the introductory lessons, right? Um, when I was doing all of that, I was at a 76% sign-up rate. 
I don't know if that's good. That seemed good to me. Okay, so that's meaning, all. That's amazing. Out of a hundred people, I signed up seventy-six. Okay, right. And so I guess the other way you could look at it was what uh, a, a twenty-four percent failure rate. Anyways, right. <laughs> anyways, um, I wanted to get myself out. I wanted to systematize things, and so I took myself out of the picture. We've talked about this before. I've got different mechanisms that happen. I'm not going to go through all of it uh, that took me out of the picture. Uh, unfortunately, by doing that, I dropped, I dropped down to a, uh, a 57 to a 58% uh, sign-up rate by taking myself out of the picture, right? So now what I've done, and, and I did that for a period of time. I, I think it was a couple of years that I did that because I wanted some hardcore stats. Yeah. Now this this and I've just started it um, is I'm switching to a, a whether whatever the offer is let's say it's a two week trial but there is a, um, a half an hour one on one consultation like 15 minutes of consultation and then a 15 minute uh, intro for right. the student prior to them starting their two week trial. Now I'm not doing the consultation I I have that script that I have somebody else doing that and then I have my head instructor doing the one-on-one uh, trial you know so it's like a private lesson uh, introductory lesson and then we you know ship them off to go to start doing their classes and so now over the next two years that's how I'm going to do this because I want to track that information and see where where my yeah. percentages lie because if I can bring that up and you know my goal my goal would be to get about 65 to 67 percent um where I'm, my effort is not involved at all, right? Just because I don't want to be in the daily workings of it, because then the business needs me. Yeah, uh, and then I'll, you know, and then I can tweak some other things. So the exciting part is for me. I wanted to say that to you is because, hey, look, when I was in it, it was at this part. When I wasn't in it, it was at this part. Now, can I bring it in between and have a a hybrid where I'm still not in it, but we still have more personal contact with them. Right. Uh, then rather than just throwing them into the class and, and, and hoping that it works, uh, I, I'm doing that. And so, I, but I wouldn't be able to have done that because my school's thriving. That's not the, the yeah. problem. You know, the problem is out of, you know, the, the 400 inquiries, let's say, that we had last year, if those uh, percentages are correct, then I only signed up 75 or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, but I potentially could have done 100 signups, right. let's say. Yeah, um, and this is – no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I wouldn't have had I not known what the, what, what the numbers were and the percentages that I want to hit. Yeah, and by the way, knowing the numbers so you know the results, right, what you're saying is you know what you know, right, you know your numbers, you don't know what you don't, you don't know what you don't know, uh, is what we always say, right, oblivious ignorance, right, but you happen to know these numbers, so you're able to analyze them. So, for example, if we had a, if, if we ran a copy machine company, and we sent out our sales force of people out into the field, the numbers would be measured based on the sales that they get, right? And if they had to knock down a lot more doors to get more sales, the bottom line would be as the corporation, we'd say, Joe Smith, you're up, you're the top salesperson. This guy is second. And we don't measure the results. However, most sales companies, like for example, a friend of mine owns a few car dealerships. And um, I watched some of his videos talking to his people, and he's, he does sales seminars, and he has professionals come in that teach, like guys like Brian Tracy and masters of the sale, right? You know, and then they get their – they elevate the quality of their staff members so that they could sell clothes, sign up more. Sometimes we don't do that. We don't really look at ourselves and go, how do we get better? How do we train our team? And um, how do we measure their results for what they do? How do we do that as owners? How are we, you know, retaining people, upselling, um, you know, signing up initially? You know, all of those things. It's very important to look at those numbers or else we're just kind of in a, in a boat with one oar on the right side just spinning around in, you know, in left-hand turns, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, the, the um, you brought up left-hand turns. I didn't even know this, but yeah. um, uh, UPS actually maps out their routes with the most right turns because it saves them 
so much money on right turns, you don't have to wait for the light on the right turn as you do on the left turn. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so you talk about stats and statistics. Uh, but when you said left turn, it reminded me of that. Um, so... Also in the movie, also in the movie Zoolander, he was a professional model. He could never turn left, so he was always stuck only on runway. That was the comedy of it. I, I just can't turn left. I can only turn right. So unless it had a runway, he'd walk off the runway. <laughs> you know, there you go. he was modeling. But uh, yeah, so so that's interesting. I never knew they did that, and they track their drivers also how long they're at a specific stop. Because my driver, who I loved, who delivered UPS at my school, was an awesome guy. But they fired him because he was always um, taking time, too much time talking to people, socializing, and he'd never get his deliveries done. So they ended up getting rid of him because they were monitoring every aspect of what he did for performance. Now, do we do that out of our schools? No. You know, even with our staff, you and I were just having that conversation. We love people. We want to help Mrs. Smith or Mr. Jones and do our best to make sure they have jobs. You know, like I just had my staff come in the other day and I didn't need any of them because we had Black Book Club and I had them all stay and I paid them for the day just because I just want them to be there and team building and have fun. But um, financially, probably a stupid move, but maybe synergistically a good move. But, you know, we care about people. So but we have to care about our numbers. That's important. Yeah. And so the the next thing I think you should keep track of would be um, uh, referrals on the phone with regards to setting up appointments. And so what I mean by that is inside of our phone script at the very end, we just say, you know, Mrs. Jones, we find that, you know, when little Johnny takes, you know, when our, when our kids take martial arts classes uh, with a, you know, with a friend or, or even a family member, they, they, they find that they enjoy it even more. Yeah. Is there someone that you think that Johnny would enjoy doing his introductory lesson and his trial lessons with? Right. Um, and so we tr now, is there a huge percentage? No. Uh, we get maybe one out of ten yeah. know, calls, but that's still 10%. Well, I was going to say that in, in numbers, that's 10 out of 100, right, that you would have never got because you didn't ask, right? So Right. And then so then out of that 100 – if we keep a 50% sign-up rate, that means, you know, five of them actually signed up. But those are five individuals times whatever it is per month times per year that you would right. have never gotten had that not been in there. So yeah. we keep those those stats um, as well. So I think that those are important, especially if you're going to ask for a referral. You might as well keep the stat uh, in order to, to, to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and, and – and, and by the way, I, just let me add that into that, too. If, if you track these numbers, it's really clear to see. But if you're not writing them down or putting them on a stat sheet, um, it's just guessing, right? So most – oh, yeah, I'm do, I hear people all the time. How many uh, – I listen, all I need is to get people through the door because I signed up 90% of the people that sign that come in. Or I just need to go through the – get people in because, you know, I'm retaining everybody. I get like a 100% retention rate. Meanwhile, um, you know, they're signing up 10 a month, 120 a year, but their numbers are the same at the end of the year. So they're really not where they think they should be. So you got to write them down because when it's written down, it doesn't lie. And we're very good at lying to ourselves to make ourselves sleep at night. And it's not a bad thing to be a little delusional um, or else sometimes you'll you know, have an ulcer. But you got to be careful that you don't follow the truth in your numbers. Agreed. Nope, I agree. So um, the next thing is uh, the the next stat I think you should keep, and this is something that I learned from you, um, not necessarily to keep the stat, although if if I was going to do it, I, I needed to have record uh, of doing it, if that makes sense. Right. And that is upsell or, um, yeah, well, upsell with a second uniform on the enrollment conference. So inside of right. the enrollment conference, we give a discount for a second uniform. Um, and I want to know how many of those people actually take advantage of that. And my, you know, initial idea was when you would give me that idea was to have a goal, right, and see if I meet or match that goal depending upon the discount that you give. So we give, we give a 40% discount, and I'm keeping track of that you know, for a year, and then the following year when we do it, then we're going to do a only a 30% discount because I want to see the difference between the 30 and the actual 40%. So how right. many people buy it, buy it at the 40 compared to how many people buy it at the 30? Um, and if there's little to no 
and obviously the dollar amount that goes along with it. And if there's little to no um, problem, if I'm, a, if I'm making more money at the 30%, I'm going to keep it at a 30%. But I still wouldn't know that uh, if I was just offering it and not actually keeping track of it. Right. Yeah. Can I can I say also, too, um, it could be a term that you and I coin, um, delusional stat taking. Um, so, so for, for instance, here's the thing, like, let's pretend, and, and I'm going to throw something out there. Let's pretend we have a parent's night out and, um, and we get, um, 50 people and, and we're like, wow, that's pretty awesome. 50 people signed up. You know, you're happy. You make X amount of dollars is a good turnout. Everything is positive. And then you say, okay, next time I'll, you know, I want to get 60 or 70 and you, you try to change your marketing and your approach. However, um, I talk about this all the time. Why not look at all the 50 that showed up and send them out a thank you note and say, thanks for coming. You're awesome. Here's $5 off for the next one we do. Kind of almost entices them to come back again, right? Yeah, you lose $5 times 50, 250 bucks, but that's fine. You get people that are going to be cemented in and probably come to the next event. Then you go to all, let's say, 100 that didn't show for whatever reason, um, and then you ask them why. And you say to them, well, why didn't you come? We had a Halloween party. It was awesome. Everyone had a blast. Is it, can you give us some insight on why you didn't take advantage of this. And then they'll say, oh, you know, I was busy that day or we really didn't feel like it or we didn't, basically they're going to say to you, we didn't really feel like it was worth our time, you know, or else they would have made the effort to go. So then you say, okay, how about I give you 50% off the next one we do? Now, this is for chronic people that never go to any of their events. It's not like if they did one, they didn't do the other. That's just a matter of timing. But you need to try to engage the group of people that are just not not doing it, right? So you go to those people and you offer them 30% off, 40% off, 50% off, whatever you want to do to get them to take a taste and come and be there and try it. And they may fall in love with what you do. Now your numbers on this side are going to grow. Unilaterally, you're going to start getting 60 people, 70 people, 80 people, because people are all interested in what you do. But we tend to only fish in one swimming hole most of the time. And, uh, and uh, you know, so we need to start to expand our lakes and go to different places to try to grow, grab a wider net, a wider audience. Does that make sense? Nope, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's a very, you know, most people, most school owners miss that point. They're like, yeah, well, you know, I, they could almost literally every event they do write down the first 15 people they know are going to be there. Right. You know, oh, we're going to have this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Right. So we now got to look at the ones that are not engaging and find out why. And they may just not want to. They may not have the money, and that's fine. Or they may not want to be involved. That's fine, too. But maybe we can nurture them and change those numbers. But we have to look at the numbers in order to determine the diagnosis. Yeah, and I wanted to throw this out there because I know some some people might be thinking, you know, how do you manage um, the stats? How do you keep track um, that you know, obviously, okay, building a, an Excel file or something, whatever, to keep the stats, stats in is right. one thing. But how do you manage the, uh, you know, when the stats are actually coming in to when, when they're going to be put into the book, right? Right, uh, right. Or the computer program or whatever. So the mm -hmm. gap that I use with the ones that we specifically have been talking about um, is my telephone inquiry worksheet. I don't know if you can see this. Yep. Um, see it, yeah. But along this, okay, so along the side here, this is the prospect information. And mm -hmm. these are the things that have to be done, the steps, the stats, and everything. And there's little check mark boxes that are right. there when it right. gets completed. The same thing, can you see the, uh, the bring a friend? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the bring a friend one. Um, and then underneath that is the lead. So once they've actually come yeah. in to me, they're an actual lead. This right. is uh, second uniform, no to enrollment, yes to enrollment. And then right. even on the back side, you know, um, I don't know if you can see that there. No, I see. no to enrollments, the thing, yeah. things that happen there. And then let they say yes to the enrollment, the things that actually happen there. So right. when, they get, when they get done, they actually get checkmarked off so that it shows I've got record that this is actually happening. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I'm not going to go in the whole process and what we do with this, but we do scan it. We put it into a specific spot, yada, yada, yada. But there's always that gap. So it sounds, you know, so people might be listening. Okay, yeah, I'm supposed to keep this stat, this stat, this stat. I can build a stat thing. That's fine. But how do I inspect what I expect, meaning how the, how the heck do I make sure that it gets done? Right. And then I have some sort of record uh, to making that happen. Now, if you're and a one-person show – 
then obviously you're going to know whether you didn't or not. But you do. You're yeah. so busy. You, you need some record. You, you don't, and you don't. You only know until you forget, right? So I mean, at least if you have it on paper, you're reminded. Like I, I can't tell you how many times. And you know, I I've talked to you about. Hey, someone signs up, offer them the two for one uniform special, right? You guarantee you're going to sell twice as many uniforms throughout the year because who offers a second uniform when they sign someone up? I would guarantee you that the people who are listening today, they'll be like, holy crap, that's a great idea. And then they do it maybe once or twice and forget, just like my team. And I'll give you an example. A kid walked through the door the other day on Black Belt Club. Um, cute little kid, new parent, grandfather brings him in, black uniform, bright fluorescent, collared, um, polo shirt under his uniform. I mean, it literally is my, you know, I notice shirts that don't have our logo on it if they're black, but a bright, so I'm like, sir, we can't have him wearing that uniform in class. It's not part of the uniform. So I said, but here's the thing. How many shirts do you have? And he says, so I only have the one you gave me. And we just couldn't find it. I said, okay, why don't you buy another one? I'll give you 50% off today, just so you have it, you know? I I just need for him to be, and the grandpa's like, yeah, that's a great idea. I love it. And he was super happy to do it because I offered him a really good deal. But at the same time, now we don't have a problem because that parent probably could have got mad at me. Look at what a jerk he is. He's making us wear the uniform and all he cares about. But I'm like, listen, take it for 50% off. And he's like, I love it. Yeah, we needed a second one anyway. So if we don't offer these things to our clientele, especially when we're signing them up or when we're renewing them or when they're, you know, going up for testing, um, you know, they don't know to ask and, and we won't sell or help them. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that I helped him, but now he has two shirts and he'll probably never come to class unprepared again. So in, in the long run, it makes for a better environment, makes for a better lesson plan and so on. So very, very important for us to understand that. Yep. And then uh, I would say the next stat, uh, we talked about cancellations, mm-hmm. right? Um, but inside of cancellations, you should not only keep the stat of the cancellation and the amount of money that, you know, you're no longer making at the studio, but you should also keep a stat of what rank uh, people are leaving at. And over time, then you can see, you know, that you have um, – you know this per so for instance i found that um at our um brown with white to red belt level it was i was seeing more dropouts at that level ah. so i actually went back and reworked into the curriculum made the curriculum a little bit easier a little bit more fun at the at that level so that yeah. um it would entice them you know uh, it, uh selfless you know, uh, a, a, a selfish, you know, way of doing it. But really it was more, obviously I want them to continue, but if they can't get over that hurdle, that there was something there that was, you know, holding them back, um, you know, did I go and analyze it? Yeah, I did. But but yeah. I just spread it out over a different time. So to me, oh, it, you know, from white to black belt, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Like I could teach, I don't mean fluff, but, I could teach nothing up to the last year. And as long as they could get it in that last year and it's the way I want it, who cares? Right. And you know, it's interesting that way, but you know what I'm saying? But no, no, I understand what you mean. And, and you know, it brings to heart, like a few of my friends are on this kick where um, they're out to prove and, and, expo- and, and um, uh, uncover all the McDojos of the world. And they're out there talking about what's a good school and what's a bad school. So the people who are listening can make an educated decision. And I get that. I love it. Um, However, uh, it really all depends about the bottom line. For example, um, colleges need to look at their dropout rate, right? Because, you know, if a college doesn't have a certain success rate to get people to graduate, they're they're rated as a, a less of a quality school. So some of the schools are harder to get into, but they also have a higher success rate because of the way they've set up their curriculum and the way, you know, all the things that go into it. And you're right. I mean, I used to look at it and I'd have a big dropout rate between the ranks of a purple belt and and black belt. Right. So I had to look and I interviewed people and it turned out it was this one kata, a bow kata. And and it seems like it's the most tedious long kata until you actually learn it. Um, And then you're like, oh, that was easy. But it would people were at a level where they were training and a little bit burnt out and like, ah, I don't know. And then they were getting this kata that was frustrating them. So that just like added on icing to the cake to say, why do I bother? Right. So what we did was we noticed this was one of our sticking points. So we took the kata and we broke it into five steps and we started teaching it at green belt, a little piece of it, and then another piece at blue belt. So by the time they got to it, they only had half of it to learn 
and boom, they breezed right through it, and we got rid of that frustration. However, we would have not known that unless we analyzed it that deeply and asked people and questioned them, the ones who quit and so on and so forth. So these are the numbers. We have to be that scientist in the laboratory or else we're basically just shooting ourselves in the foot or, you know, Groundhog Day, repeating it over and over again, expecting different results, and, and we're screwing ourselves. Yep. So I, I, I think those are probably some of the major stats um, that school owners should start with. Uh, you know, we haven't even hit, um, you know, stats online. You, you know, when you have a website, you should have some sort of mechanism that um, calculates how many people are visiting your, your sales page and how many people actually opt in to the, uh, the offer that is there. Those would be split up if you have different ones, meaning if you have a kid's page, a women's page, a men's page. And then even from the fact that if you, you want to get goofy, you should keep stats on your um, your birthday party page, if you have a birthday party page. Yeah. You know, and and then even going into, like, we have uh, the, the, the three different ways uh, and hows of a birthday party. So what do I mean by that? You could either do an hour, hour and a half, or two hours. You could do a Jedi nerf or uh, ninja. And so, therefore, you should keep stats on uh, what's the most popular. Um, even uh, you could get goofy. I don't do this, but you could get goofy and do the ages, um, the age range. You know, we keep right. ours, you know, primarily. Uh, I have six-year-olds, but uh, six to 12 uh, is, is our, our birthday party uh, range that we, that we keep. And so those are some other stats I think that, you know, you could be keeping along with. Um, you know, I define these people as suspects. Um, and a suspect to me is anybody that I've gathered their information, they've not reached out to me. So that would be a birthday party. That would be a booth somewhere. That would be um, our field trips and those type of things. So yeah. how many individuals do you get from that that actually, you know, once you give them the opportunity on, you know, calling them, actually take you up with some sort of trial? Uh, that would yeah. be the next uh, type of thing. And then this is the goofy part is I used to, um, we used to call up to seven times. And, um, you know, I kept, uh, like you could, you could keep stats and, and find out after, you know, how many people will respond on the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, all the way up to the seventh call. Yeah, and then you then you would you know let's say you did that for a year and then the next year you drop it to five and see what the percentages are even of that right um, so that way you, if you could actually remove two calls that really aren't making you any money um, to do those calls they might be costing you more then you could reduce that to five or to three depending on but you wouldn't know that until you actually did the yeah. stats and statistics the other thing is keeping track of your specials. So if you have a back-to-school special, you know, how many people bought the, the back-to-school special? Um, and then how many people signed up? Yes. But then even, like, the next year, let's say you do back-to-school, but you decide rather than it being $39.95 or whatever, you're going to do $49.95. Right. You would keep those stats, um, and then how many people bought it, how many people signed up. But then you would go back and you would look at – the year prior that they did the 39, how many of them are still with you a year later compared right. to then a year later from the 49? Um, we did that specifically with our uh, Karate for Christmas because our Karate for Christmas used to be 50 bucks. Right. And, you know, we, we that's gangbusters for us. We sign up yeah. a lot of people, you know, to do it. And, you know, our percentages are good. But out of those 50-buck people, how many of them are still with me a year later compared to when we switched over to the $69 people? Right. Um, I found that, that more, people, more people at 69 bucks are, are staying with me longer than the $50 people. And so if I didn't keep those stats, I wouldn't know that the $69 people in the long run, even though I don't sign up as many of them initially, meaning um, – I don't have as many do the $69 trial. Like I had more people do the $50 trial than the 69. Right. And initially that looks like, wow, you made, 
you know, you made this much money at the 50 buck compared to the 69, but then you got to also ask yourself the longevity. How many of those people are staying with me? Because right. the back end makes you the most money, not the front end. Right. Am I, am I describing this correctly? No, that's perfect. Like, and I'll make okay. it a little easier for people to understand if they, you know, and I'm not saying that to insult anyone's intelligence, but, uh, but, but let's just pretend like you are selling Ferraris and you send out an advertisement in the local paper to 40,000 people. Um, and they, uh, you know, 85, 90% of them couldn't even afford a Ferrari. It's a total waste of marketing. Now you may get a lot of people going, let me hear about the Ferrari. They might even call, let's come in and test drive it. And they're like, no, you can't afford this car. So they won't market to that group of people. Does that, does that make sense? You look like you're frozen, Dwayne. I don't know if you can still yeah. hear me on that. On the, on I can hear you, but okay, right. So I, it, it looks like but, you're frozen, but I, it seems like I'm still going. But we're it'll unfreeze okay. in a minute. So so with that, you know, with that being said, though, I think that you know we have to look at that. And you're right. You know, you may get a better quality lead by asking for a little bit more commitment up front, where they're you know, like for example, here's the thing. Um, 1999 is a special that I run on my website. Three classes, 1999. My theory is like, okay, three classes. Uh, is one week of classes. You know, if you take 19, 20 bucks and you times it by four, that's only $80. Four weeks, that's $80 a month. So people go, oh, maybe classes are 80 bucks a month. And then when they come in, they get a little bit shocked that they're more than uh, $80. And then maybe that's throwing them off. So we might be, we have to, and I'm playing with this a little to see, maybe raise that online special so that people have a more realistic understanding of the cost and they're not sticker shocked when, when that time comes. So anyway, that makes uh, sense. yeah, and I don't know, Dwayne, now if you're you're being heard on the actual live video. So uh, because you're you're cut off now, so you may have to re-sign in or click in. Um, but um, but so it says the video will resume in a moment. So I'm waiting for you. It looks like you're up. So we'll see if it comes back up. And there's me. And let's see, refresh. And there you are. All right, cool, dude. So, yeah, so, so, right, like, we have to look at those statistics, and that's important. So who would have ever taught a black belt, six-degree black belt, that this is important? In fact, there are so many school owners that don't care about this side of it, and that's why maybe hiring a professional manager who knows these numbers, who knows this kind of concept and philosophy, that, those would be the people you want to put in that management slash program manager position. Well, yeah, and you know, here's the here's the thing is if you just go back and re-listen to this call, if you're not doing any of this or if you're not doing it as in-depth as we just kind of spoke about, and really I would say this is probably 80% of all of our stats, the things that we mm-hmm. spoke about so far on here. Right, um, right. But go back and, and, you know, go to schoolundertalk.com and listen to the podcast, okay, and, and, and take notes. But understand that, uh, do it, you know, one step at a time. This doesn't have to all be done at once. You just do you right. know, small little snippets at a time. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to make a huge. That's going to make a huge difference for you to do those small little snippets at a time, and then build the structure around those snippets, um, uh, and then move to the next one. So once you have, you know, the the inquiries to uh, appointments made to show ups to then sign ups. Okay, now that's done, and how I'm going to track it, and who's responsible for it? Because if it's right. not you, who's responsible for it? Yep, and then yep. also, you need to you need to um, set aside time every single week to review those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, monthly, obviously, monthly, obviously, but every single week um, is stat week. There's got to be you know whether it's Monday, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's Friday, whatever it is. It really doesn't matter what time of the week. I don't think. Uh, right. as, as much as it does the consistency for yourself every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once a month, you're going to spend a little bit more time on it, digesting it, investigating it, uh, moving parts or whatever you've got to do, you know, depending on how you've set it up. Um, right. But I don't, I don't keep any of my stats. I have yeah. staff that keep these stats, um, and, and I've strategically done that. But I also have check marks, like I showed you before, that I can go back, and, and I do. I periodically go back and I look at to see if they were done um, right. on somebody's telephone inquiry worksheet and what have you. So Right. Yeah, very, very I just don't important. want somebody to well, get overwhelmed. 
No, and, and you're right, though, because, you know, for us, you know, it's like listening to us, might, to the listener who maybe doesn't do this, it might be like drinking from a fire hose, right? You know, it's like massive amounts of info being thrown at you. Um, the good news is you could always go back and listen to this call over and over and over again. Um, but uh, at the same time, I think that it's important for you to, like, like you just said, Dwayne, baby step your way through, maybe take one or two of these and start tracking them. And then do one, two, three, and four and track those. And then, you know, one, two, three, four, and five and track those. So it's very, very important to, you know, baby step your way so that it becomes comfortable, something that you do on a regular basis and, and so on. And uh, that will make you uh, better at what you do and give you a better understanding and hopefully give you a desire, a, a taste, and a love for wanting to, uh, you know, really cover these and follow these and, and do them on a regular basis because it is the lifeblood of your of your school, of your company, of your of what you do. So right, I think exactly. that I, I think that we are um, we were off again and back on again as far as video. So um, it's a little bit intermittent right now today. But anyway, I think that everyone got a good gist of what's going on, and I guess we'll close it up right now. And um, and do you have any last final thoughts? I just want to reiterate that you know to listen to the whole call because we also record this via telephone as well. So it's. Uh, uh, so it's not choppy on uh, on our end. That's why we can keep talking even though the video doesn't continue to work sometimes. Right. But you can go right. to schoolownertalk.com. Uh, this is episode 148. It'll be up later today. Um, and um, you can also, there's other things on there too that you can get access to. Uh, we've got a webinar up there uh, that, that you can get access to. Also, there is the uh, Martial Arts Business Manifesto that's up there. If you have not read that, you, you'll want to yeah. uh, read that as well. It's only like 30 pages, I think. Awesome. Well, very, very cool. And um, everybody, I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed it and you liked it and uh, you learned from it. And we hope to keep on sharing. Uh, your Dwayne and I enjoy, I know I do, enjoy sharing this knowledge with other people to help school owners so that it, you can impact others' lives and, and not be the McDojas of the future, but be a real good school that really teaches great stuff, but also is able to thrive financially so that you could keep your doors open and make a living at what you do so you could be a great teacher for your students. Yep, and, and then you, you hit it. You hit it nail on the head, right? Because that's what we're there for is to uh, – we got to make money so that we can be there for our students and our staff. So, right. agreed. Awesome. Awesome, Dwayne. Everybody right. have a great day. Talk to you soon. <laughs>